What's up, y'all? This is a uh, part two of a two-part series. If you hadn't heard part one, go back and listen to that. We're gonna do this episode a little different. We're gonna start with a clip from a podcast I think will shape the conversation, and then we're gonna end with something sweet too. So let us know what you think. But here's a clip from Cross Examine Podcast. But I think what we're dealing with is the we've just lost. It's the love of money, bro. Yeah. It's it's we talk about you've forgotten your first love, right? We've forgotten that sense of like salvation and kingdom and wanting to see and be with Jesus, you know? Right, right. Now it's about like, you know, how can I provide for, you know, get this, this 401k and do this and do that and I need to be successful because I need to think about my there's not a lot of trust in the sovereignty of God and his provision. There's trust in whatever circumstances I can get, manipulate or do whatever to to gain a level of economic success. Because just like Peter and them thought, they, that's why when they were like, well, then who can be saved when he said it's easier for right. a rich person to go to the other camp? They had the same perspective. So it's not even a new thing. This is an old reality. It's an old spirit of the age. This sense that economic success equals blessing from God. Right. But the irony is, and we're going to say this in a moment, that when you look in the scriptures, God warned the rich. He rarely warned the poor. Yeah. The pe- the economic status that God warned the most was the rich. For sure. I mean, he was warning them, warning the rich, parables about rich. He didn't do that with the poor, bro. talk about homes uh rent versus buy argument go (laughs) all right so i i feel like over the years my thoughts have changed on this several times Mm -hmm. i believe that it's oh man this is a tricky question because i don't even know where i land on it honestly i know people say why would i rent when i can be you know putting that money into something that i can keep for my family things of that nature throwing the money away yeah, it's kind of like you just throwing the money away. You're not going. You're going to stay there for how many years and move out? So renting is not. It's like dumb. But honestly, I don't feel that way. I feel like it just depends on the season of life that you're in, and and depends on what your goals are currently. Um, maybe getting a mortgage isn't for you right now. Um, maybe getting a mortgage would be a, a bad idea for you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe renting is more convenient um, until you're able to get some other things together. So I think it just depends, man. Oh, this is a tough question, man. I don't know. What What do you think? Man, I think it just depends on the person, honestly, and depends on your situation. Like if you're not, if you know you're not going to be living in a city for long or you may not be living in a city for long, you don't need to buy. Um, truly, yeah. I mean, you, you really don't need to buy, in my opinion. Um, and also, like, if you're paying off, like, if you want to pay off debt aggressively, like going back to, like, debt, the debt thing, if you want to pay off debt aggressively, then it's best to have be in a situation to where your finances aren't fluctuating. Like, oh dang, the plumbing's messed up. I gotta pay two thousand dollars, or oh dang, a tree just fell on my house. I gotta pay this, or whatever the case may be, or the fence needs to be re- repaired, because or neighbor's gonna call the HOA. Whatever, whatever, whatever may happen. Like mm-hmm. when you own a house, like it's so many more expenses, so many more expenses that you do have to consider. Now, with that being said, like I bought a house before I paid off my student loans. Um, right. So like, so like, I'm not the poster child, and I know several other people who have done that. Um, and somebody told me to like, hey, you should probably rent. And I was like, well, cool. I mean, I'm glad you said that. I'll pray on it, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do what I feel like is best. 
Um, yeah. So, so I mean, at the end of the day, we ended up buying. Uh, but I think it truly depends on the person. And again, your financial goals, like that's, that's truly what matters the most. And that question was from Nick, as well as the paying off loan versus investing question, as is the next question. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> how is buying a home a financial family tree changing event? Well, a, a home is going to appreciate uh, in value. What does that mean? So the great things about uh, homes is they're not like cars. Cars go down in value over time. The more miles that are on them and the longer you drive them and the older they get, they're worth less. But homes actually appreciate. That means that they're going to be worth more in the future, usually, um, especially if you're taking care of the land and making sure that you're you know, keeping the house together. So yes. it, it's, it's definitely an asset. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that can bring, he said, a financial family tree changing event. Mm -hmm. uh, I 100% agree. I mean, my grandmother has a house in Birmingham, Alabama that we own full outright. And we mm -hmm. will continue to own as long as uh, the Lord keeps us alive and well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's that's a place we can always go, you know, and it's mm -hmm. good to have land for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And I think that like, it's just one of those things where like, I mean, you own property, property. Uh, that's, that's something that like you, like that's something that you strive for. I would say it's even like part of the quote unquote American dream like owning your own home, whatever the case may be. Um, right. And it's like, a, it's like, it's a different level of pride in it, first of all. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, dang, like, this is mine. Like, this is truly mine. Like, yeah. my, mom, my mom rented up until I went to college. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, now she owns a home, but like, she rented up until I went to college. So like, that wasn't even a norm. But my dad, his mom, I mean, his house was given to him by my grandparents. So he's literally like never paid a mortgage or rent in his life absolutely so like and that's how his family is changing yeah and it's security i mean mm -hmm. it represents security you know mm -hmm. if something goes wrong if you're renting mm -hmm. you know where am i gonna go next it's like right. <laughs> you don't have to ask those types of questions yeah uh my next question comes from my guy trayvon what's good boy uh by the way this is this is recorded before the old miss louisville game i just want to let you know that old miss gonna beat the brakes off of louisville um hope you're right i will leave this here and we um and I hope that I am right. The hidden costs of home ownership. Go uh, ahead. Please. You cool with me? You, you cool with me doing this? Heck yeah, that's what I just said. You go ahead. Okay. All right. So like, I think that like the first thing is you have to realize that like generally speaking, you do have to pay three point five at least three point five percent like on a home. And in, and if you get an FHA loan, you have to pay at least three point five percent. And then until you pay until you've paid off twenty percent of the home, there will be an extra tax. Uh, that, that is called the PMI. So like that's that's off the rip. So know that. Um, and then you're in a time where like home value is going up. People are paying crazy prices for home. So that means like, dang, my home is appraised for like 50, 60, $70,000 more than it was before. But guess what? Now <laughs> your property taxes just went up. So mm -hmm. now, now your mortgage is like $100 more, $200 more sometimes like a month. So like that is something to consider. And then like you got closing costs. So closing costs is basically like you still have to pay pay after you paid that three point five percent. I'm I'm refinancing my home right now, so I can tell you like some things that you have to pay for closing costs. You have to pay an appraisal fee. You have to pay uh, a credit report fee, uh, flood verification fee, loan administration fee, underwriting fee, undisclosed debt notice uh, to credit plus fee, verification of employment fee, settlement title fees. I'll, so it's several fees. So like that's like four thousand dollars worth of fees that I just named. So like when you think about buying a home, make sure you have money set aside for it. And also yeah, yeah. your house may not have blinds. Blinds are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Something you would never think of. Like yeah. that don't sound expensive. 
Yeah, or curtains. Like all these curtains. Now I need all these curtains. I need it. One curtain at first. Man. So, so like all those things are like hidden costs of like buying buying a home. Um, and then the next next question is is just about rental property versus uh stock market. You rental know, I, versus stock market. So I don't necessarily understand the the question, but I will say that rental properties can be really good if you especially if you're able to own one. Like I know I had a friend who wanted to own a duplex so that he could rent it out to people. Now you kind of take yourself in as a landlord at that point. So you do have to make sure that if anything goes wrong, you're the one that's going to have to fix it. But um, having somebody pay rent and say you're charging, you know, $800 a month, uh, that's just extra income that's passive for you for the most part. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're a responsible person, then that Mm -hmm. might be a good uh, investment just to kind of own a duplex and just rent it out to a few people. But I'm not sure if that's what his question was. I, no, I that's, that's, that's good. And I think that like ultimately like those like that depends on a person, because if you're going to own a rental property, then like you're going to have to fix stuff when it goes wrong yes. or you, you're going to be paying folks a lot of money because they will rob you. Um, Absolutely. For all, for all intents and purposes. But the good thing about owning that property is like it can eventually be, be paid off. And when it is, that's like straight cash flow. So like that may take 30 yeah. years, though. Um, but that leads us into the next question about retirement savings and life insurance. Uh, life insurance. This is the thing. Generally speaking, they say that you, that you want your life insurance to be six times your income, six times mm-hmm. your income. So we we talking to primarily millennials here. So with that being said, like six times, let's say you're making 50,000, your life insurance will need to be at least 300,000. At least that's what they say. And that's generally speaking, like if you have a family or loved ones or anything like that, that you want to take care of, or if you have debts as well. So just consider some of those things like in that, like that's, that's pretty much all I'll say about that. Let's go ahead and hop into this Dave Ramsey thing. Okay, let's go. Uh, the problems with the Dave Ramsey method. I, I feel like everybody's not familiar with the Dave Ramsey method. So is, is it okay if I do the baby steps one through six or yeah, one through sure. seven real quick? Uh, sure. Baby step one, $1,000 emergency fund. That's all you got to ha- That's all you need in savings is $1,000. Uh, baby step two, pay up all your debts using, using debt snowball. Debt snowball basically means you're going to pay up your smallest debt first and then your next smallest, then your next smallest, then your next smallest. Right. Baby step three, after you've paid off all your debt, except your home, your home doesn't count as debt because it's, it's an appreciating asset. Uh, three to six months emergency fund. Or I'm sorry, three to six month uh, savings slash emergency fund. Baby step four, 15% into uh, tax favored retirement accounts. Baby step five, pay for your kids college. Baby step six, pay off your home. Baby step seven, give freely. What problems do you have with Dave Ramsey? That was the question. Uh, uh, that was the question from Josh. <laughs> I, uh, so, so this is the deal, right? Um, and let me say this before I even like get into this. I know Dave Ramsey has helped a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, who listen who are listening to this podcast, Dave Ramsey has helped. This is not a shot at you. This is not like saying that you did it the wrong way or anything like that. So let me just let me just clear clear the air on there. I don't want any confusion on it. Like I'm I'm glad that like Dave Ramsey was able to, you know what I'm saying, be somebody that you use to like Better get a financial game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so like <laughs> I just want to say that first. Now, as it, as it relates to Dave Ramsey, like, I think the thing that always rubbed me wrong is, like, that I've always heard Dave Ramsey in the church. And that's just, like, weird to me. Like, it's, it's just weird. Like, and I know, like, one of Dave Ramsey's core tenets is, like, pay your 10%. And, like, part of me believes that's, like, why he's heard in the church so much, if I'm being real with you. Uh, but w- mm. how'd you hear about financial peace? Because I know you've gone through it. Yeah, yeah, I've gone through financial peace. And um, I actually heard about it through a church friend of mine who was doing a group. Um, He was like, come to the group, you know, and um, it's probably about 10 or 12 people in there. 
And I still remember they had the big scissors and we were cutting up the credit cards and everything. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, this is kind of radical, man. Like, <laughs> oh no, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was a, a method that I was willing to try. Mm -hmm. I didn't have necessarily like the same gripes that you have, but yeah, yeah, uh, no, nah, and that's cool. Like, if, if it works for you, then it works for you. But like, it's it's just like the whole thing of like aligning with the church, and then like he talked reckless to people. He made a statement that about about the uh, stimulus packages. If you need fourteen hundred dollars to survive, you're already screwed. Like, oh man, I, I didn't hear that one. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember like, that one. And then like you've already kind of hinted at it. Like he's like, credit cards are bad. If you use credit cards, you're dumb. And you, and you shouldn't be using them. It's all to manipulate you, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, and yeah, yeah. it's just very presumptuous. Like, if you use if you use credit cards, then you're gonna go into debt and you're gonna get screwed. And this is the way it's just gonna be. And I'm like, that's stupid. Like, I think that like it's a gap. Like with Dave Ramsey, like it's a cultural gap, right? Because like he yeah. won't say it, but like he grew up wealthy, and like that's fine. Like, grow up wealthy, but like understand that like it may be traumatic for some people to do some of the things that you're asking asking them to do. Like if they spent all this time trying right. to get out of the situation they're in and they finally like have money, then they may not want to like give all that, give all that. Like that's completely understandable. But like, it's like, no, it's my way or the highway. If you if you're either doing Dave Ramsey or you're not, that's what you tell people on the show all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's really just, he's very dogmatic about it. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's not really like a suggestion. It's more so like, yo, like, this you, is righteous. <laughs> this is the righteous way to do it you know so yeah i think that that can definitely rub people the wrong way and then like you said man it is kind of like it's kind of elitist in a way you know what i'm saying thinking because a lot of people that grew up in poverty or like lived in poverty man they you know they're trying to figure out how to make it day by day and a lot of times those things don't really work in the same ways for you know lower class or or, or what do you call it? i think i don't think lower class is the right term working um, class like huh working class Working class, thank you. Yeah. Lower class sounds very uh <laughs> like nah, that sounds wrong. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, working class people, you know, um, and they're trying to figure out just how to survive. So Yeah, they're just not trying to figure out how to survive. And it's like, bro, why is giving freely like the last thing? Why is that the last step? That makes no sense, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like come on, man. Like, that's the last step. Like, what what are, what are we really doing here? Um, yeah. that's the last step. Like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give while I'm paying off debt. And like, to be clear, I am like aggressively paying off debt. So I can do that and still go on vacation and still have a credit card and still own a home. And it's like a prosperous gospel. I won't say a prosperity gospel, but like the radio show is definitely like a prosperous gospel. And what that means is like, oh dang, like I've done this. So I've, I've prospered and God has blessed me in this capacity because I've prospered, whatever, whatever. That's the language I hear. Um, and, and like that implies that like, if you're not there, then you haven't done those things or you're not being you're not being blessed so to speak so right. like it it's just very problematic like some of the things and i think that like it could, i think that good could still come come from it obviously it, it has because like he's he's got people pay off billions billions and billions of dollars worth of debt but for me i'm straight on it but again like i'm glad that it's worked for some people i'm just not one of them people so yeah and with that being said we do have a su surprise guest darius we're gonna bring dave ramsey on in dave <laughs> Like I'll here bring little dude on, um, and, and <laughs> bring, bring that man on the podcast, and and like he talked crazy, he talked this way to people because he went bankrupt, bro. I didn't go bankrupt. That's not my fault. Like you went bankrupt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put that on me, man. Okay. So, hey, let, let, let's make let's make one last shift, man. Okay. Do you want to touch on this tithing question? Yeah, I, I actually did want to talk about tithing. Um, I know that what I really want to say would probably take more time for me to flesh out, 
Um, but one of the questions is uh, tithing and how it should be included in your budget. This is from Allison. And that's from Allison. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, tithing is very good. It's a very good thing. Uh, I also believe it's a very godly thing to do. Um, whether or not a person tithes, though, I don't necessarily believe. And, I, and like I said, don't send me no hate mail, okay? I'm just telling you what I believe. I don't believe that we are under a, a, a place where we are required to tithe uh, from God. I do believe that it is a blessing with tithing, uh, but I do believe that everyone should be giving to the church. Do you think uh, we're required to give to the church? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying that I believe God wants every person to give to the church, but mm -hmm. I don't believe that tithing is of the new covenant. Uh, tithing is uh, was established under the old covenant. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when we're under the new covenant, we don't do things the same way that we did. Now, once again, I want to do a whole episode about this because if I just leave it at that, uh, I feel like there'll be a lot of confusion, but I also mm -hmm. don't want to belabor the point. Uh, mm -hmm. The point is, um, it is good to include it in your budget if you want to give and tie to a church. I do think it needs to be to either uh, a church or some organization that is parachurch, some, something where God and the kingdom is being built up. Um, where it can be used by God. God wants our money to be used for his mission and his purpose. So you have to figure out what that looks like for you. And I feel like you should include it in your budget every month. Um, a lot of people feel like if you tithe, you if you don't tithe, you will be cursed. And that's a little bit where my rhetoric is coming from because they take that from about Malachi. Yeah, they take that from Malachi. <laughs> you know, and it's like, don't, don't teach it that way because now you're putting people back under the law. But like I said, it's a conversation for another day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing that I do want to be clear on is that Ron is also saying that like you can like he do, he does think like based on your condition, you can give more than 10 percent. So it doesn't have to be just like 10 percent. So like just to be clear, like sure. I know you didn't have a lot of time, but I did want to kind of protect yeah, you yeah. In, in, in that realm. The tithe, so, the tithe means 10th yeah, yeah. of your income. Yeah. So like so. If you get more than a tenth, then like that's technically not tithing, like just based on uh, the language of the word. So absolutely, don't don't come from my guy. Um, yeah, yeah, we we're gonna have to we're gonna talk about it more later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and let's do quickly uh, the effects on impoverished upbringings on money management in adulthood. By Damien. Mm-hmm. Whew, man, I could go on and on about this, man. When I used to work at Streets Ministries in South Memphis, I saw a lot of generational poverty. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, people, because they were so used to uh, not having money, not knowing how to deal with it, they either became very, very wise and mm -hmm. like they became very, very like uh, resourceful and, mm -hmm. and can make money just almost appear. Mm -hmm. Or they would be just completely, you know, devoid of any type of financial knowledge, just making it day to day barely. It's mm -hmm. really interesting how you can see that in an impoverished neighborhood, uh, how poverty either creates a grind up, a grinder out of you, or a person who grinds, or it creates uh, just a person who is completely uh, destitute. Uh, but I've seen both sides of that. I feel like poverty, I, as we know, systemic racism and things of that nature have led to a lot of people's uh, lives being destroyed generation generationally mm -hmm. um, and some of that stuff is ingrained in the mental uh, that and it takes a lot of work to get that stuff out of your mind on like you know uh, we're gonna have to scrape and scrap you know we're not going to be able to save we're not going to be able to uh, have nice things you know sometimes it's really a mental psychological thing 
that you're dealing with because that's what your grandma always told you and things of that nature. So very deep question. This could also be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I think that like, even going back to the Dave Ramsey thing, like, like I hope that like, I mean, good luck going to heaven and like having God ask you that you like invest 15% of your, of your income. Like, like I'll, I'll, I don't see that anywhere, but I think that like, that's even like a question where, where mentalities are just different. Like when you talk about impoverished neighborhoods, when you talk about like even communities that I work in, uh, where like teenagers are dying, being killed or, or young adults are, are dying and being killed. And you're asking them to like worry about tomorrow, so to speak, like tomorrow's not even promised for them. Right. So, Right. So like that's that's the that's the tension. Even like for myself, like when it comes to like investing and stuff like that. Like I, I read a study the other day that said the average age a black man lives until is sixty five. Mm. When can you draw retirement? Right, right, right. You can you can draw retirement that's, at around sixty five. You, you draw it at sixty five. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> so so like there there's always going to be like a gap there like it's, it's always going to be like demographical gaps like as it relates to like the mentality um with saving or like yeah. frivolous spending and all that stuff so like that that's just one thing to think about like when, when we talk about that um, yeah and I've, I've actually heard young black boys say or oh, they're grown men now but when they were mm-hmm. kids they didn't think they were going to live past 21. yeah now if you're a kid if you're 18 and you don't think you're going to live past 21 you're not going to be thinking about investing and saving and all that. You're trying to survive <laughs> like and, and, and ball out while you're here. Right. And ball out and live in the moment. YOLO, like for real. So, yeah, very great question. Yeah, no, that, that is a very, very, very good question. Uh, last question. From, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be a two part episode at this point, um, yeah. just just because of where we are. Uh, but last question. What do our perspective on and use of money potentially communicate? Ooh, Nick. What is our money? What okay? What does our perspective on and use of money potentially communicate? Man, I think that communicates pretty much everything about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for instance, I I've always said, and I think this is from scripture: the way that you use your time and the way that you use your money shows what's really in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're putting your money into you know, a certain thing, there's no way that you can say that you don't care about that thing, right? That's just how money works. It it exposes the things that you care about the most. And so, yeah, I think it's really, it's a really good way to do a heart check. Like you said earlier, Darius, like looking at your mint or looking at your money app to see what you spend your money on last month, Mm -hmm. you can do a real heart check that way. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm putting all of my money into sports. You know, do I have an issue with like idolizing sports? I don't know. Like I'm putting all my money into entertainment or pleasure or like, you know, I'm not taking care of things because I'm putting it into this. You know, you can really check yourself based on how you spend your money. And I think that's why Jesus warns us like, hey man, you know, make sure that you steward well, make sure that you're aware of what you're doing because it's gonna be, you know, money always wants to compete with God. That's why. That's why Jesus said you can't love God and man. Or was that Paul? It was one of them two. Uh, <laughs> but you can't serve God and mammon. And mammon means money. And, and so I think you have to make that, that distinction because money wants to be your provider rather than God, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say money is like this evil thing coming after you, but um, that's the way the human heart's set up. Like it, it'll, it'll replace God with money to be the provider, to bring you comfort to bring you status, to bring you purpose, like all of yeah. that stuff. So you do have to be really careful. Um, what do you think? 
Yeah, man, I think that um, it's a quote, uh, and I don't know who it's by, um, so like, I'm not going to quote the person, but um, or I'm not going to say who it is, but like, the quote is, if you want to know somebody's priorities, look at their bank statement. Yeah. Or even look at like what they listen to or spend the most time, whatever, whatever. I think that like, even like as it relates to Dave Ramsey, like one thing that like bothered me is that like you're always focusing on money. It's never just like, you know what I'm saying? Like a time where you're like not focused on money. Oh, pay off your kids college, pay off your well, come on, come on, man. Just chill. <laughs> I, I paid off my debt. That's what the Bible said I need to do. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but with that being said, um, like I think that like oftentimes, like as it relates to giving, like we do have to like have serious conversations. Um, and I know that like even like amongst like some evangelical circles they're like don't give to the homeless because like they're going to use that money on drugs or whatever the case may be oh my um, gosh so like like as it relates to money like that's that's like a real thing so like people yeah. people believe in and like abide by that and like what you're doing is like you may be robbing somebody of a, of a blessing you may be robbing yourself of a bless of a blessing in that so yeah. like w- when we talk about that and we talk about just like how we use money i think you can't you can't have that conversation without talking about generational wealth and gen- generational poverty um, and the systemic racism that has taken place to like put those things in place. Now, what are you doing to combat that? Sure, you didn't necessarily uh, contribute to the, the systems that were already in place, but how are you like attributing to like making those things stop um, when you right. when you want right. to talk about that? So like, I think Absolutely. ultimately like the way you spend your money reveals your heart. Like it's no like other way to say it. And like, sometimes you may uh, be robbing, robbing yourself of a blessing and how you tend to do that. Um, so like, I think it is important to like, just ask how you are giving. Cause I think that like, it's easy to have these goals. I think it's easy to like put these goals in place, but if you're not giving, if you're not giving to the needy or you're not giving to random situations, then are you really, for, for Christians, are you really like attributing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the Christian value to, to like life. Are you really, are you really like taking part of life giving with the blessings that's being bestowed upon you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's like the verse in Proverbs says, a man who waters others himself, he will be watered, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is all about, Christianity is all about giving, man. And and I think that it is important to take that perspective because there is a principle in scripture. The more that you hoard, the more that you keep money, the more it flies away from you. And the more that you give, the more that you're generous, the more money is brought to you. Now, I say that's principle because it's not a guarantee, but it is quoted many times in scripture. And I think it's uh, one of those things that God does that seems so backwards, you know? (laughs) It's like, why would God do that? Why would he make it so that the more I give, the more I would be blessed by him? Um, Doesn't it make sense for me to keep what I got and then then I'm blessed, you know? (laughs) And I like like scripture because of that, because sometimes, you know, God does things differently than we think he would do. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I think it's important, man, like, the way you spend your money communicates a lot about who you are uh, and you should want to be looking for opportunities to give, you know, and looking for opportunities to bless people for sure. Yeah. And, and look no further than, than uh, Zacchaeus. Um, like he gave how much, how much did he give? Four times amount that, uh, that he had robbed people of uh, yeah. from tax collecting. Mm-hmm. And like God clearly has a heart for the oppressed. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times that is the poor. And like, how do we look at the poor? And how do we try to solve that like it, on our own? So like, I think that's like ultimately like where we have to shift the conversation to when it's about finances. Like we do have to like, at least consider those things. And again, like check our heart and see how much we really are given to like organ- organizations outside of our church, if we have the means to do so. And you typically do have the means to do so in America. So that's what right, I was right. saying. Okay. 
Well, man, I think we're about to get ready to wrap up, man. I definitely appreciate all the questions that we got on Instagram. And like, like I said, I'm going to figure out how to get Dave Ramsey on this podcast. Hi, so good so I can see if he's a cussing man. Because <laughs> he's going to cuss Darius straight out of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 all you got to do is listen to his podcast and know if he's a cussing man or not. The short answer is yes. <laughs> hey, but, oh, man. hey, but for real, uh, and, and last thing, uh, last thing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to end like that. Podcast, <laughs> podcast recommendations, though, for real. Um, I recommend Earn Your Leisure. Uh, Ryan's already talked about that. that that's just g- general information. Uh, Clark Howard podcast, also general information and nobody telling you what to do. I would still recommend uh, Dave Ramsey's podcast, uh, especially if you're somebody that's new to money and you want like a cookie a cookie cutter way to like become this, whatever that may be, then like listen to it. I mean, you, I, I listen to like plenty of things I disagree with frequently. So like sure. I, I, I definitely recommend that. And then I'd also recommend The Money Guy. It's a couple of guys in Nashville and they talk about mm-hmm. money quite frequently. And that is... Um, definitely one of um the podcasts that i would definitely recommend to most people and lastly journey to lunch uh which is by jamila sufrent i probably didn't pronounce that right but journey to lunch is also another good one is it is it l-u-n-c-h journey to lunch journey to lunch l-a-u-n oh <laughs> i was like journey to lunch you just get in your car and go you know what i'm saying hey, hey, go, to, hey. go to chick-fil-a you know how, how, how much money you gonna spend though <laughs> <laughs> all right and i also recommend kim davis if you want, had any questions about life insurance kim mm-hmm. davis or reggie davis for that and, yeah uh, that's all i got yeah man hey well we hope y'all enjoyed this conversation um and, and like ryan said we really do appreciate your uh questions um and, and yeah we hope, hey and if you disagree with something we said hit us up yeah, we're not experts at all. <laughs> I'm a school counselor. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we enjoyed the conversation. Follow us at Instagram at Unconformed Podcast, man. Stop laughing. Hey, you heard my guy Ryan. Hey, but that is it for the podcast, man. I'm Darius Watkins. I'm Ryan Thomas. Hey, we up. My American tongue was leery. Walked out the gas station, a homeless man with a semi tan complexion. Asked me what ten ran, stressing about dry land. Deep water, powder blue skies that crack open. A piece of crack that he wanted. I knew he was smoking. He begged and pleaded. Asked me to feed him twice. I didn't believe it. Told him beat it. Contributed money just for his pipe. I couldn't see it. He said, My son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Listen to me, I want a single bill from you. Nothing less, nothing more. I told him I didn't have it, then closed my door. Tell me how much a dollar cost. He's staring at me, I started the car, then I tried to leave But something told me to keep it in park until I could see The reason why he was mad at a stranger like I was supposed to save him Like I'm the reason he homeless and asking me for a favor He's staring at me, his eyes follow me with no laser He's staring at me, I noticed that his stare is contagious Cause now I'm staring back at him, feeling some type of disrespect If I could throw a bat at him, he'll be aiming at his neck I never understood someone begging for goods Asking for a hand, I was taking it if they could And this particular person just had it down back, staring at me for the longest until he finally asked, have you ever opened up Exodus 14, a humble man is all that we ever need, tell me how much a dollar cost.
tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. They got me frustrated, indecisive, and power tripping. Sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who the fuck I'm kidding? So I'ma tell you like I told the last bum. Crumbs and pennies, I need all of mine. And I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. I know it's hustling. Keep in mind, when I was struggling, I did compromise. Now I comprehend. I smell grandpa's soul medicine reeking from your skin. Moonshine and gin. Cause you're babbling, your words ain't flattering. I'm imagining Denzel be looking at old Neil. Cause I'm in sad thrills. Your gimmick is mediocre. The jig is up. I seen you from a mile away losing focus. And I'm insensitive. And I lack empathy. He looked at me and said, Your potential is bittersweet. I looked at him and said, Every nickel is mine to keep. He looked at me and said, Know the truth, it'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the Son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth. And I tell you just how much a dollar cost. The price of happiness, spot in heaven, embrace your loss. I am God. I wash my hands, I said, My grace, what more do you want from me? Tears of a cloud, guess I'm not all what it's meant to be. Shades of gray will never change if I can go. Turn this page, help me change to right my wrong. 